Well, hey everybody, this is BJ Murphy, back with the BJ Murphy 360 podcast. And today I have with me State Senator Jim Perry from uh, Lenore and Wayne County. Yes, sir. Good That's to see right. see you, sir. Thank um, you. Thanks for jumping on. When I went back, and, and now I'm somewhat of an accounting nerd and, mm-hmm. and love understanding more about um, data. But the trick to that, because I've seen some of your posts on it, the trick to that is always taking this raw data and then even the graphs and whatnot, but but from a public servant being able to communicate what that means That's right. to the person that you walk, you see in the grocery store. Yeah. And I think being able, and maybe that's where some of the communication side was actually uh, helpful because, you know, you run into so many brilliant people who really understand their subject matter, mm-hmm. but they can't explain it to you simply right. because that's not the world they live in. And uh, my wife says, I, I, I break it down and can explain it. Um, simply because I'm simple-minded, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, I, I tell her that it's a talent. It's not that. Um, but I, I do enjoy... That's, that's a benefit, not yeah. a... Yeah. yeah. So one, one of the things I've, I've always thought about that maybe I'd like to do is, is maybe be a teacher of mm-hmm. some kind. And I do enjoy taking subjects like that or like, you know, budgets, finance, and right. explaining it in language that, that people can understand. That, mm-hmm. that feels good to me when you see someone's you know eyes light up and they... They finally understand what something was. So many people are embarrassed to ask questions when it comes to financial things. Mm-hmm. You'll be in a meeting, and everyone will have the same financial packet. No one in there knows what it means, but no one will ask a question. <laughs> right. I've seen it so many times, right? It's so common. Uh, so it's it's fun and rewarding to help people and so when, you, when, you, when you, People always want to land the big elephant, right? That, that I, said, I said, look, you know, and there's gonna, there are going to be people that you look up to, you might even be jealous of, that are going to do that, and they're going to do it fairly regularly. And I, I would always tell people, you make up in numbers what you lack in skill. Right. So if we need to get to a thousand, and you're better than I am, I'm going to I'm going to call a hundred thousand, not right. ten thousand. I just got to work that much harder to get there. But we still both yeah. can achieve the same goal. I got a call from a guy that I used to work with at Management Recruiters, and he had gone to work for this company, uh, Affordable Care. Right. And he called me. He said, "Would you ever move back to to Kinston?" And you know, like so many people, I said, "Oh no, no way!" You know, I'm fishing three days a week. I'm we're living in Mount Pleasant. Uh, right. We love, I guess this love the area. Now. That's, oh yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. That's right. Um, but the the more I thought about it over time, uh, the idea of uh, that stability for my family um, became really interesting. Um, right. And uh, I decided to to come interview. Being that I was in that search business, you know, in the recruitment business, uh, I knew that I needed to look into selling my house. Uh-huh. But it was the the economy was red hot down there. Home sales were crazy. Um, the realtor we spoke to asked if she could put a sign in our yard, and I said, "Well, we don't know if we're selling it, right? I'm going for an interview. I don't know." We get in the car. We're driving down to Kenston the next morning. We're about two hours into a four hour drive, and she called us and said, "I've sold your house." No way. And I said, well, I don't know that we want to sell it. And she said, well, I, I've got you 25% more than you paid for it two years ago. Sold. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. So let's see how it goes. Um, and I, I drove down, and the they offered me the job, you know, on the spot that day. We found a home that uh, that would work, you mm-hmm. know, that my, my wife would want. Um, looking back now, I, I really believe things happen for a reason, and yeah, I, I, you that was meant to be. Absolutely. And, uh, but you took a leap, because from an entrepreneur standpoint, a lot of people get really comfortable in their 9-to-5 job and get a check on the 1st and 15th or whatever. 
Uh, but when you're an entrepreneur, it comes with a tremendous amount of risk. And at that time, you had a small family. Right. Uh, I mean, that, that, that comes with a lot of sleepless nights and a lot more calls than what most people are going to be willing to make. So, right. But it was all designed to get you to that spot. When you got there and you were in that management role, how many, how many locations? Because affordable care, basically, you helped on the management side of dental practices, right? Right. Is that kind of a good right. sum up? Sum, yeah, sum in, up in layman's terms, we, we'd open practices mm-hmm. uh, around the country for dentists. And you would try to recruit dentists to go. That's you right. you knew based on the numbers and data that this was a good spot for right. a, a location and you need to find some staff to get there. Right. Uh, so you were heading up this small team uh, or this team. How many locations did Affordable have at that time? You know, I was, I was trying to think back, and I, I thought maybe 25 to 35 or something. It's, it's a little little fuzzy for me. Um, over time, uh, we ended up growing it to about 240 locations in 40 states. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it you know it changed a great deal while I was there. Um, That's massive growth. Yeah, it, it was it was crazy. And you know everyone loves to talk about the home run that they hit, or you know they tell you about the stock they bought that doubled and tripled. And we all like to talk about our successes. But I learned so much about business while I was there um, through mistakes, right, and mm-hmm. failures. That, that's that's training you never forget. Right, um, and it was it was very very valuable uh, for me because we we certainly made a ton of mistakes with that much growth. I I made more than a ton. Uh, but, you know, it's all part of, of life's journey in, in making you who you are. You, you've got a jacket says Perry, uh, North Carolina Senate. So tell us a little <laughs> bit about how all that came to be. So I, I had a little gap in between there where I went into business with my old uh, CEO for a bit. Oh, yeah? um, and we, we ended up uh, having an unsolicited offer to buy that business just before this opportunity came available. Mm-hmm. And when it was announced that Senator Pate wouldn't be able to continue and we had just closed the, the sale of our, our business, uh, I started getting some calls from some friends who wanted to know if I had interest. BJ, I never intended to do something like this. In fact, I'd always said there, there's no way that, that I would. Mm-hmm. Uh, I look at the sacrifice that so many of these guys and 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 women make and it's uh seems very thankless at times you know i know it's time consuming i really know that now (laughs) you know having lived that life well and 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 for those that don't know we're we're an hour and a half east of the capital which is better than a a lot of our our friends but still an hour and a half to go do a work that you what get paid 15 20 grand a year for Uh, thirteen thousand nine hundred. right uh and, and so, but you're up there during a, what we call a long session, which mm-hmm. is every other year. Uh, I mean, you're up there Monday night through what Thursday or so. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, that is, and that's that's assuming you get there. There's still the right. campaign and all those other things you have to go through. So this year, I, I did the math, and I was appointed on January 31st, and uh, we got a session on November 15th. We were in session for 153 days. That was out of about 189 or 190 available. If you walk it back and say this part-time job that I have, which is how it's sold, let's say I have weekends off, Saturday and Sunday, right. just hypothetically. So if you subtract the weekends from the days available, add in the days of session, and then I was also on the redistricting committee, <laughs> and I had additional caucus meetings I had to attend. Uh, when we finally did the math, I had 23 free days between when I was appointed and when we got out on November 15th. Wow. I have 190,000 approximately constituents. Mm-hmm. If one half of 
of those constituents uh, want to meet with me, that's 950 meeting requests for those 23 days. Wow. That's 40 a day, right? right. So it's, it's impossible. So you always feel like you let someone down. People make requests. They, they say they understand that you can't make it, but they don't, right? I mean, they're disappointed, and I get that. Um, it, it, it does seem like the impossible task, but you, you want to touch all of them and do what you can, right? We're, we, we live in a state uh, that is a part-time legislature, um, and, and I think some of these challenges, because uh, I've had these conversations, because I happen to be young and, and served in office, but I heard these conversations a lot where, well, that's the reason why there's only a bunch of rich people that, that right. up there who retired because the average man or woman, the the the, the teacher or it's too demanding, right? You just, there's just no way right. uh, that part-time legislator could be with people who typically have a nine to five yeah. job. And uh, so, I mean, the idea of someone who you were just fortunate enough with all your work in the position you're in to be still, still young yeah, right. uh, and have that opportunity. Sure. Uh, so tell me, you know, what, what are some of the challenges? I know we don't have much, too much time left, but what are some of the challenges that you've seen in our state or in, and even to the other side, some of the positives you think, see, you, some positive things you see happening? So some of the challenges that I see uh, are for the rural areas. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I don't think it's a secret if you're east of 95, we're, we're all in this together. And it's just going to get harder, right? right. After the next census, the population areas will gain more representation. And we're going through census now. That's right. Well, well actually, I haven't gotten a letter. I want to get a letter. How does that work? Yeah, so you can get uh, email links. You can do it online. You'll get right. letters in the mail. Uh, and it is very important to fill out that information, right? It's, it's how uh, the federal assets and aid and things are calculated and also representation. Uh, so, you know, what's going to happen if, if seven out of ten jobs have been created in Wake and Mecklenburg counties and people are moving there, then just by sheer numbers, you know, they're, they're going to have more representation in the future. And you can't expect them to be uh, awfully sympathetic to the rural areas because they don't that, represent the rural areas, right? That, yeah, that, that's not there. So uh, being able to build coalitions amongst rural lawmakers, being able to get along, right, and, and put things like partisan politics behind you and realize it, everything's not partisan. Mm-hmm. And I will say that was a good surprise for me in going up there because, you know, you read highlights in the newspaper, you see things on the news when we do disagree on something. Right. But it's really only about three to five percent of issues. Um, most things aren't really related to partisan politics. Some things, unfortunately, we've got a huge divide on. Um, you like know, the, for example, the budget. The, There's still, yeah. still an impact. It, uh, you know, for those that don't know, the North Carolina – we basically have what you call what is it biennium uh, yep. budget. So basically, you, you go through the process, you create a budget. The next year is just a few amendments to that budget, but technically, we're still working on a continuing resolution from last year's budget. That's right. right. So what happens if you're unable to reach an agreement? Last year's budget stays into effect, in effect, plus uh, the recurring parts of it, plus uh, any new budget bills you pass. So we we really every category of the budget went up this year. Okay, mm-hmm. without putting in the the budget on House bill, I think it was nine sixty six that we tried to pass, and we we did pass in the House and the Senate, and the governor vetoed it. Um, Every department has more money than they did the year before. But what's missing are a lot of good things that we wanted for our areas. Some increases uh, for different classifications of employees have been vetoed. And, it, you know, it's, it's problematic. Um, one thing I do want to say on that topic, though, 
I think people have different definitions of what negotiation means or compromise, mm-hmm. right? So, and it's kind of like at my house when my daughters say "let's compromise," what they mean is they want me to agree with them, right? And, uh, <laughs> you're the only guy there, so I know how that typically works. Yeah, yeah, you know exactly I, how it yeah, works. I know. I yeah. got two dollars myself. Anyway. Now, I'm not positive that that's really what compromise is supposed <laughs> to be, but uh, you know, being able to to find a path forward for. Um, our citizens and for the people we represent. That, I think that's what we all have to remember. I actually think we're closer on the budget than people think and mm-hmm. people realize. There are other issues. You know, you look at the craziness going on in Virginia with uh, regards to the, the Second Amendment right. and, I've and firearms. I've seen some of that. Very hot issue, and that's likely um, – going to be contentious because that's not something where we tend to find a lot of common ground and what will happen is especially a lawmaker from a, a larger area where they've had a lot of population growth and uh, seven out of ten so if if population in North Carolina grows by ten people seven out of ten members of that population growth cohort they're not from North Carolina mm-hmm. that's not natural birth growth right it, it's it's uh, ingress from other areas and, and folks we're, moving we're in. a state that people are coming to that's right right because well, of our tax policies that we put in place <laughs> that's right, right. <laughs> so that's helped the group which is also interesting the thing about the rural and urban a second ago because I, I want to let you get back to that uh, second amendment piece but uh, we're, we're seen as a state through the census that will probably gain a congressional that's district. right um, but at the same time, you actually serve in a district that uh, your your uh, constituency is is different, uh, less populated than others. Mm-hmm. So the concentration of that growth is in some very small Other areas. areas. Right. And so, yeah, we might gain a representative, but your territory may actually get bigger with the exact same number. That's right. It, it could. It very well could. We we see some growth uh, over in Wayne, but you know we've had decline here in Lenore. Uh, but the the next districts will be based upon this larger population piece. So it's impossible the district stays the same. To your mm-hmm. point, it's going to be – it'll be different, right? Mm-hmm. It likely bigger and include maybe another whole county. Wow. That's uh, tremendous. Uh, uh, so uh, parting uh, – you know, as, you, as you start thinking about closing up, what are some things that you see – that you could have people come and, and, and help with, uh, whether that's making phone calls or what, what issue besides Second Amendment piece that's coming up you want, you want people to be informed about? So I think the, the Second Amendment issues are going to be a big driver for the polls this year, especially with what we see in Virginia. On top of the president being on the ticket. That's right. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's going to cause a, a huge turnout. But one thing that I think people underestimate is you see a lot of registrations belonging to one party or, or another. You know, it's no secret that the largest growth we've seen is with unaffiliated. Absolutely. Um, but you can't read registrations in eastern North Carolina like you can some other areas because we, we all have small town values. You get east of 95, you know, we're going to hold doors for people. We're going to speak and be nice. And uh, we do a lot of hunting and fishing down this way. Mm-hmm. Second Amendment issues are really big for us. And it's not about politics. It's about a way of life. Right. For the folks moving into our state from out of state, living in the big cities, uh-huh. I think it is more politically driven. And they really don't understand our culture, you know, in the rural areas. Uh it's not about politics for us, but we will, we will fight for it. I, I actually had this conversation with my oldest daughter, uh, where she goes to school is about twenty minutes from our house, and there's a lot of country, a lot of back roads. Right. And and I said, hey, we, you know, we need to watch for deer. We're in the country, and she kind of she said, this is the country. And I said, I said, well, I said, just wait to see you see a few deer because where we live, you don't see them. Right. But in the country, you do. 
and but and I, it gave me a chance to talk to her about why we still allow hunting. It, it's, it has a lot to do with our history and our culture, but it also has to do with the number of automobile accidents related to deer right. crashes. And yeah. so it, it is both from a cultural standpoint, but there is also a practical reason why right. we should allow that to, to occur. And we, I think we do a fairly good job managing that environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, how old are you now? Uh, I'll be 48 this month. Okay. So what would 48-year-old Jim Perry tell that 22-year-old just got out of NC State uh, going to knock the world on fire? What, what kind of advice would you give him? I'd tell him that uh, it's okay to be scared, mm-hmm. right? You, you don't have to have all of the answers today. I'd tell him that uh, when you first become a, a manager, because you're not a leader yet, that uh, you don't have to be that tough. Right. You, you think that you're doing the, the right thing by trying to be um, be tough or be hard or, you know, because that that in your view, that's what a manager is and what a man is, um, that it's OK to get to know people and, and, and be nice to people. I, I think that people remember for many, many years, long after you've forgotten being rude to someone or being overly harsh, they remember. Mm-hmm. And on the flip side of that, long after you've forgotten being kind to someone and helping them, mm-hmm. they they don't forget. So I think treating people well and knowing that you're impacting lives, right, and that work relationship, entire families. You know, uh, over the years, I think back to uh, having to let people go or something happen, and it, it does impact entire families. You know, and, and I I don't I never took that lightly, especially as I got older and really had a, a grasp of it. And uh, I, I figured out how important it was if you had to deal with something difficult to make sure you let the other person maintain their dignity, mm-hmm. right? We, there, there is a, there's never an easy way to do things, but sometimes there is a, a better way. And just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. All right. That's uh, pretty powerful words. Somebody wants to get a hold of you, how they do that. Uh, so, you know, reaching me in my, in my office is very easy because I, and I've got email with me all the time. So it follows me. So my legislative email address is jim.perry at ncleg.net. That's the easiest way. It follows me. I can get back to you at the appropriate time. Uh, and then I have a a good record of it and I don't forget. Right. (laughs) That is true. Uh, well, Jim, thank you for being on. Thank uh, you. Appreciate your service. Also appreciate you being willing uh, to jump out there again. Congratulations on your success, and I wish uh, wish your family the best. Uh, thank you all for watching this episode of BJ Murphy 360. I uh, hope you all have a wonderful day. Take care, and God bless.